Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? How's everybody doing this morning? Good. Come on now. Do, Come on now. Do yeah. me a favor real quick. Turn to the person to your left or right and just say, good morning. I'm glad you're here. Now turn to the other person and say, I know you were my second pick, <laughs> but I'm glad you're here too. <laughs> Look, I, oh, how's everyone doing? This is the day that the Lord has made. We Woo. will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Joseph, and this is Chris. Hey, everybody. Uh, we're pastors here on staff, and we are excited that you're here. Yeah, um, before we get started with a hot topic, because uh, it's kind of hot, uh, we, I need to do some quick housekeeping. Um, today... We're going to have a special meeting, and I'm about to give you the address. It'll be on Slack, but if you are not a Slack person, you're like, what am I even talking about? You can always ask me later. But 2601 Brushy Creek Road is where we're going to meet. We're going to have a special meeting there, 2601 Brushy Creek Road. And you're like, where is that? Palmer and Brushy Creek Road, just on the west side of Palmer. And you're like, what are you going to talk about there? What is happening? It is crazy. It's insane. It's something that nobody's expecting a month ago. And so we're going to be talking about it there at 4 o'clock. And if you're like, Chris, why all the drama? Because it's way more fun that way. And, uh, <laughs> and if, you, if you're like, I'm not going because I've got things. You didn't, tell, put, you didn't put this on my calendar. No worries. We are going to let you know eventually uh, post today. So, uh, but it's going to be really crazy news that I wanted to share with all of you um, today at 4 o'clock, 2601 Brushy Creek Road. So do me a favor. If you have questions, you know Chris loves questions. If you've heard me preach before, I don't, but I'm going to take whatever you send this way. But do us a favor. All throughout this, all the pages, uh, you'll see a phone number. If you have questions, you can even ask about what's going to happen. I mean, we may not tell you what's going to happen later, but uh, send your question in. We want, if if it's on topic, off topic, if you have questions, it don't matter. matter. We want to hear it. Yeah. All right. So um, if you didn't know, there was an election this past Tuesday. And I know, shocking, right? And apparently there are results. There are going to be contested results. Probably who knows when they actually it's all going to be official or what's not the right word, official, it's um, certified. It's, it was, election results are still to be certified, but it looks like um, Joe, Bri- Joe, Biden, Joe Biden might be the next president. And here's what's weird. Joe Biden is the most popular president in U.S. history, which nobody's like celebrating that, which is weird, right? He got 74 million votes more than anybody. The second most popular president in U.S. history is Donald Trump because he got 70 million votes. <laughs> so this has been the most participated in election of all time, which means people are feeling really passionate. And right now, if you're like a Joe Biden, I voted for Joe Biden, you are like, you just won the Super Bowl. And you're like, I told you we would win. I told you. And you're like, you know, you're kind of doing that jubilant memes going out to everybody. And if you're a Donald Trump person, you are in mourning. It's sackcloth and ashes time. It is like, I want to go home. I don't want to come out of my shell. Please don't let me look at anybody gloating over the fact that uh, somebody else won. And there's real pain and real poignancy. Now, here's what I've noticed what happened uh, in the social media echo echo chamber. Do you guys know what an echo chamber is? It's where you speak into something. All you hear is your own voice coming right back at you. And so what happens, for the most part, when people post stuff on social media, only people that agree with them sort of see it and respond, and it's like, oh, this is happy, everyone's in the same homogeneous boat. However, if you go to our church, we're split down the middle. I don't know if you guys knew this. 
like uh, half the church is red and half the church is blue. So you don't have a, a social echo, ch echo, echo chamber, social media echo chamber, because I see it going all the way across. And people who don't even know each other that are friends with me are on both sides of the thing. And people who don't know each other now are arguing on my social media, which is really sort of a weird thing. And so what's happening is that there is this visceral anger and this, vi like, even if you were a Biden supporter and you're one, you're wanting the other side to feel some pain. And I think, and I think uh, what happens is when people don't agree with us, we want to make sure they feel the weight of the wrongness. <laughs> we want them to just experience how bad it is for them because it was so bad for you on the, the flip side. And what happens when we do that, that makes us isolated. And if you want to know something on why churches haven't been diverse for a very long time, it's because of this. Because um, I disagree with you, and watch this. Look, look, it's okay to have a different colored skin. You're just not allowed to have a different opinion. That's really what has happened uh, in like the division of our country. It's okay to be a different color as long as you agree with me. And that has been something that has been pervasive throughout our culture. And so we want to talk about why we don't treat people right when they vote wrong, right? What happens when people vote wrong? And so what can happen is we tend to disassociate ourselves with people like that. <laughs> Chris didn't say this, but Chris and I didn't vote for the same person. I know. Isn't that weird? Can right? You believe that? We work together. We do ministry We're pastors together. at the same church, and we didn't vote the same. And we did not vote the same. But yet, I, I still love you, Chris. <clears throat> and I love you. I can sometimes feel, eh, I might be a little bit better than Chris. You know, morally, <laughs> right, right, right. But, but this is what we do, right? We vote different, and we, we disassociate ourselves. Well, mm -hmm. I'm better than you, Chris. Yeah, right. Or, 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 listen, I'm sure you have an opinion. It's just invalid, and I don't want to hear it because I want, <laughs> I am going to shoot my buckshot, and I'm going to go put my conversation one way, and I don't want to hear anybody dissent my opinion because that's what we don't want. We don't understand people, and we don't want to. Yeah, and then... So Chris and I, so just so you know, I really do love Chris. I also like Chris. <laughs> I know there's different things there. He, the Plague and Poles and the Aikens yesterday, we went um, walking around the lake. And while walking, was on our way back to the vehicles. And Chris and Adrian were kind of going back and forth about them having come to the lake before. Chris said, we've been here before. Adrian said, no, we've never been here, Chris. Chris said, no, nah, I'm pretty sure we've walked around and maybe even ran the lake, Adrian. No, Adrian. We, like, they was going back and forth. But this idea, this is what we do. The reason we disassociate ourselves is because I want you to hear my point. I want you to agree with me. And until you agree to me, with me, then you know what? You, I'm not going to hear you. You don't, you don't get it. That's right. All right, so... This morning, we're going to look at God's Word to sort of have how to deal with this, and we're going to be in Romans chapter 14, all right? Romans chapter 14. If you're not familiar with Romans 14, you should be familiar with Romans 14 because it's awesome, but it has nothing to do with politics, okay? <laughs> uh, but we're going to use the context to help us discern how we should treat each other when people vote wrong. And listen, I, he just was misinformed, apparently, and we got to help correct all the things. And he probably feels the same way about me. Now, in, in when Paul was writing this, he was writing about a different issue. It was what made the Jewish people culturally distinct. It was following the ceremonial um, laws of the Old Testament of, of regarding Sabbath days, of regarding uh, what foods were to eat, and if a food was sacrificed to idol, like whether you should eat it or not, what type of drink you should have, all that kind of thing that was a ceremonial law which made the is people of Israel culturally distinct. <clears throat> and the argument was, if you're a real Christian, hmm. 
<laughs> you would not eat that food. If you're a real Christian, you would understand the importance of the Sabbath day and you would make sure you were keeping it because that is what makes the people culturally distinct. And on the other side, you have people say, no, no, what makes us culturally distinct is we believe in some guy being God, and he died on a cross and rose from the dead, and he has fulfilled the law. And so now all of a sudden, that became the place of an argument where people were struggling. So uh, that's where we're going to figure out how, they, how Paul wrestled with this issue in Romans 14, and we're going to see how it applies to us when somebody doesn't vote the way we like. So do us a favor real quick. Bow your heads. We're going to go to God for a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you. We love you. We appreciate you just allowing us to gather in this place, to be a part of a church where we are split, but we can still love each other. Mm -hmm. uh, through your word and uh, what Jesus did on the cross and the covering of all of us, God. And so uh, as we talk through this, the, the hard stuff, what people would see as a hot topic, God, I pray that you would just allow us to open up our spiritual ears and hear your word, God, mm -hmm. not to hear social media, not to hear CNN or Fox or any of the other. God, we want to hear your yeah. word and be able to apply this to our lives. God, we love you. We thank you. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. All right, here we go. Romans 14. I just sort of set it up for you. Uh, we're about to get into, uh, first thing, it's going to be Sabbath days, and we're going to talk about food. Okay, watch this. One person esteems one day as better than another. So one person says, the Sabbath day is the day of rest. It's a specific holy day, fourth commandment, everybody. Jump on board. While another esteems all days alike. No, no, no. It's not the Sabbath day. All days are alike. Jesus is our Sabbath day rest. He is the promised rest that we've been waiting for. And every day is holy. But watch this. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. And then you can take this a different direction. Each one should be fully convinced in who they voted for mm -hmm. and be fully okay with that while another voted a different route. And so if you think just for me, when I was, I was reading this, it, it reminded me of one day holier than the next. So what I do as a parent, if you parent like me or you've been parented like me, where you, you know that talk you give your kid before you go into the grocery store. <laughs> if you, and you know what I'm talking about where you say, I tell my son, J4, don't touch nothing. Don't ask for nothing. Stay next to me. Do you understand? Yes, sir. But then we get in there. He acts crazy anyway. But, but, but the reality is that's, that's how it is. I heard this was called the bet not. I didn't quite fully you understand. You bet not touch nothing, right? You bet not touch nothing. You don't say better not. You, see, you can agree. You bet not. Like, that's not a word, daddy. It is today, right? And, and this idea that just that moment, I want you to be good, son. No, every day I want my son to be good, right? That's what, that's, that's what we're getting to is just understanding that, that there's always a moment, not just on Sundays to worship God. There's always a moment to love God for all that he's done for us and all he's brought us to. Amen? Amen. So look at this. Look at verse 6. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord. You can look at that and say the one who votes, votes in honor of the Lord. I don't care mm. if you're on the left or on the right. When you do it, you do it in honor of the Lord. Do it in honor of? Help me out. I just need to make sure that you're listening to <laughs> Since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the and gives thanks to God. Y'all, we get into this idea and this place of understanding. We do this in honor of the Lord. We love each other in honor of the Lord. We vote in honor of the Lord. Yeah, one of the things that uh, is interesting, because it's really talking about this thing of like honoring the Lord, but honoring that person. You're not one to sort of take that person, make that person feel uncomfortable. A couple years ago... Um, 
I had been doing, I had, I gotten connected with some Muslims and I, I sent a, a note out on our Wells Branch Google group and said, hey, I'd love to get in touch with any Muslims who want to talk through Christian-Muslim relations. And I had a guy respond and his name, uh, I won't give his name, and, 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 he, and he said, hey, let's meet. And so on the, the tagline of, you know, like the signature, this is, what his, this is what his signature said. It was pretty awesome. He goes, as a vegan, so after he kind of like, I'd love to meet with you and discuss the thing. And then at the end, signs his name, and then under that, a little quote. As a vegan, I choose not to participate in a system that kills animals after years of cruelty, abuses workers, discriminates against communities of color, and devastates our environment. And my first thought was, we should eat at Rudy's. Like, I, that, that is awful. I'm a bad person, and I need Jesus. Okay, I didn't do that, but that was my first thought. Okay, please, please forgive me. And then I, I said, we ended up meeting at Dream Bakery, which is awkward and for another reason. But anyway, it was, it was sweet, and it was fun. We had tea and coffee, and we had a very polite conversation uh, about the differences in communities and uh, how that I wasn't trying to destroy their people and that they weren't trying to destroy mine. I was just simply saying, I want you to believe in Jesus, to which he thought that was offensive. But at least he wasn't offended by the issue of food. And what has happened, there's enough stuff about the gospel to be offended by. Like, mm-hmm. uh, we talk about a God-man walking around on earth, he gets killed, and then that somehow saves us all. He's raised from the dead, all right, and miracles and stuff happen, and your entrance into heaven is dependent on whether you believe in Jesus or not. There is a lot of stuff to be offended by in the gospel. Why put another thing there? Yeah. And then watch this. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. This, maybe you know, Joseph and I have... There's this tendency in me to say, it's okay if you look different than me, mm-hmm. to vote different than me, because you probably just didn't know. Hmm. And what we do, what we do is, it's that moral high ground thing of like, I am a little bit better than you, and you know, you, you couldn't help it, you were just brought up that way in ignorance, and you just didn't know. And what we're doing to people is we're, we're sort of ascribing to them an intelligence level or like a moral character based on not the gospel, but on something that's not the main thing. And as Christians, we need to keep the main thing, the main, the main thing. thing. That's good. Look at verse 7. For none of us lives to himself. It's not just me on my little island and my righty rightnesses, all right? And none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, sorry, for to this end, uh, Christ died and lived again. Here's the gospel. Why did Jesus die? For our sins. How was he raised again? God raised him up to show there's proof that there is life after death, and he conquered death. And so our kingdom that we're representing is not the Republican or the Democrat Party or even America. What we represent is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. So, for, so for to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? And you'd say, because they're dumb. No, stop. Stop. Or you, why do you despise your brother? No, there's like actual visceral... We know this exists because we watch it play out on social media of people in anger and rage declaring the other person trying to make them into a victim as if someone had power other than that which God had given them. Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the Lord in uh, the judgment seat of God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. We will stand before God for the way we voted, 
No, no, no. You're going to stand before God for what you did in faith and the way that you loved one another. Christians. No, I listen, and this is, this is so powerful and important because there is, and everything of us want us to pass judgment, but it says, verse 12, therefore let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, because that's what we do. That was your old you. That was the you that identified with your party first, Christianity second, or maybe they were just tied together. Rather, decide never, ever, ever to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. Christians love, not judge, those with whom we disagree. Christians love, not judge, those with whom we disagree. And so I grew up in a church that was homogeneous, right? Everyone looked like me. We voted the same. We knew that. Economically, socially, like, we knew that. That's how my church was. Um, and this idea around that is, I'm, I was comfortable talking about politics with them because we believe the same thing, just like Chris was talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in fact, um, for me, uh, when I was in my early 20s, really figuring out what Christianity was, I sort of looked at my church, and there was, like, this is what you would say. If someone did not vote the way that that church mm-hmm. voted as a whole, you would say, I don't think they're a Christian. You wouldn't say it too loud because that would be awkward. But you would sort of the, the rumbling, well, they probably don't know any better and they don't have Jesus yet. Maybe once they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they'll be able to view and see this thing from the way that I view and see it. And that becomes, remember we've said this, becomes a problem. The reason why the church has not been diverse has because we said, I cannot be your brother at this place if we disagree. And we put party above our faith Mm -hmm. and what i think the orientation is supposed to be christ alone everything else Uh, back um in 1948 do you guys know that 1948 was when the year the army got desegregated desegregated okay now the church had been talking about desegregation since the civil war like they had conferences they had racial reconciliation conferences in the 20s and in the 30s even in the 40s and you know what happened Nothing. Nothing. Because here's, here's what white church people said. Hey, if black people want to come to our church, that's fine. Yeah. And here's what black people said. If, black, if white people want to come to our church, that's fine. But I'm not going to theirs. So you had this like chosen segregation. And then all of a sudden, the government had to legislate that which the church was called to initiate. The government had to legislate that which the church was called to to initiate. And isn't that sad? Isn't it, shouldn't it be the other way, other way around? Shouldn't the church be the bastion of hope or when someone um, not only just looks differently, but thinks differently, but we agree on the main thing that Jesus is Lord. Our home is heaven and we are representatives from there and our sphere of influence, which we're trying to reach, might be Republican. It might be Democrat. It might be the way that we say, well, best Look out for the welfare of the city is a laissez-faire economic style, or it could be a socialist economic style, which I personally would go, wow, that's, that's interesting. You have unbelievable differences in economic style, but the same Lord. How is that possible? How is that possible? You both are looking out for the welfare of the city, and exactly. That's why we need to be passionately involved uh, in politics, and we should really be involved and active But what should be primary above my participation is my love 
for my brother. Okay, let's look at verse 14. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. Or nothing's unclean itself, but is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. Here's a bunch of unclean words. Unclean, unclean. Remember, uh, pork was unclean. It was the gift of Jesus to give us bacon. (laughs) You can thank Jesus for Rudy's existence. You can thank uh, Jesus for the Lockhart barbecue. Uh, You can thank Jesus for every great barbecue place in Austin, all right? Because he allowed us to eat the gloriousness that is pork, okay? But, but if there's somebody here that thinks it's unclean for them to eat pork, then for them it is unclean. For, verse 15, for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Think about it for a second like this. Culturally back then, if I allowed you in my house and brought you over to eat, then there had to be some relationship there. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you now, if I invite you over to my house, if I give you my address, I trust you. I don't just let anyone come to my house. Now, we can meet outside of my house, and my wife will tell you, saying, who's, who's coming over? <laughs> right? She's going to ask. I don't just invite people over to my home. When you do that, there's a level of intimacy. Right? And in order, if you're looking here, when he says, in order for your brother to see you eat, that means there has to be some type of proximity. Like, you have to be close. Right. And so th- that means we have to go to an individual level with this thing. Like, I can't love Chris from a distance. We disagree on some things. Yes. I think I'm more right than Chris. Yeah. Joseph, right? You might be wrong. Uh, or I might not be wrong. <laughs> right? We, go, we can go back. And, and it's okay for us to ha- go back and forth, but knowing that we're called to love one another. Right. Right, you have to put yourself in proximity and get close to each other, mm-hmm. close enough to see each other eat, sure. close enough to see each other. Who'd you fold for, Chris? Close enough to get to the point to where you're okay with having these conversations that may be hard, and you could come out of it saying, "But the blood of Jesus Christ covers us all." I know you love me, Chris. I know I know that you have my best interest mm-hmm. interest in mind. Mm-hmm. So look at verse sixteen. Mm-hmm. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. Y'all see that? By what you, or by who you vote for, by who you love, how you love. Because remember, it's not just what you say, but it's also how you say it. How you say it, right? I, I've learned that even being married, <laughs> right? So I, I was the arguer in our relationship. Like, I'm the yeller, and my wife just listened, and slowly that's flipped to where she's on the other end, right? <laughs> she yells more than me when we communicate. Now, it's kind of in the middle. I'll say that. But it, I, I've learned, and, and, and she, she'll tell you that, that it's, not, it's, it's not what I said. It's my delivery. It's always my delivery. When you think about a good chef and how they bring the food out, if it came out sloppy, you don't want it. <laughs> Send it back to the kitchen. Right? It's not just, and so this, this right here, but what, by, by what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ, this is why we come. Look at verse 16. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. Yeah, and what that doesn't mean, because when I heard that originally, when I read that originally, I'm like, oh, I guess it means you bow up when someone goes, well, you voted wrong. Oh, did I? And then we kind of go up and bow about, you know, and fight about it. But rather, it's not like that. It's being, watch this, spiritually, socially aware of who you're dealing with. And you know, the, the worst place to be socially aware is on social media. <laughs> because nobody gets your tone. Nobody knows who you are. You are a picture and a profile. And then uh, your, 
your declaration of good and bad is all that they can see. And so they don't have any perspective on where you've been, any perspective on actually you've researched this, any perspective on anything. They just look like you are a pitchman. You are just a parrot of the party that the other person despises. Okay? Watch. Rather, this is what it is. It's like when you're around somebody and you know that this would be offensive, you just don't bring it up. That's okay. We, but that conversation on the one-on-one while we're eating, that's the place to do it. Is you're not going to put that person on a spot when all of a sudden you have to defend it in front of everyone. Does that make sense? We, we got to learn how to be spiritually, socially aware so that what you believe in isn't just sort of degraded and made to look stupid or silly because you brought it up at the wrong time. Watch why, 17, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of voting. Because even if we, your guy got in, even if he got in, he would still be a flawed human being. The one who got elected is a flawed human being. And at his best, he is still not going to serve up the kingdom of God. He's going to serve, serve up his best version of America, and it may not be the best version ever. So that becomes a problem because we're struggling with saying, I want the kingdom of God here, and if I vote a certain way, I'm going to get it, and you won't. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking or voting, for that matter, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God. And hear that. Because sometimes we get so angry at that those who is accepted by God. We get angry and approved by men. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. I approve of my brother, not because of the way he votes, but because of his status and stature as a child of God. So then, verse 19, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding, not for discord and anger and frustration but for connection. So, so how do you do that? Empathize, not criticize those with whom we disagree. We empathize, not criticize those with whom we disagree. Let, let's talk about what that means, Joseph. And so you can't, be, you can't have empathy without proximity. Mm-hmm. I, I can't understand from a distance because it's easy for me to say, ah, you're over there, I'm over here, and then I won't get it. And so what happened was, I, I'll tell you a story. So Tony Nelson is... <clears throat> A uh, member that goes here, you may not know him, he usually sits around here with his community group often. And uh, I've worked with his wife, Jessica Nelson, for the past three years. She came a month before I started here. We've been working together. And Tony used to come up to the job all the time, Livermore Center. I see him, I never talk to him. <laughs> and that was intentional. Tony was like the weird guy to me. I'm like, ah, I've heard stories, I'm not going to talk to him. Right. I didn't. And if you've ever seen Star Trek... Uh, in the 90s, Captain Picard, Tony reminded me of Data, the android from Star Trek. I tell him, he told me to tell the good, the bad, and the ugly. I texted him to make sure it was okay. <laughs> so, uh, he'll laugh at this too. But that's who he reminded me of. Like Everything was robotic. I, and about a year in, I, God kept telling me, go meet with Tony. Go meet. I'm like, no, God, that's a weird dude. I don't feel that in my spirit. <laughs> Not going to happen. Right? And God said, I said, Tony, you want to get lunch or whatever? And it, it was almost like, Tony's response, like, why? What's the point? Like, kind of thing. Like, because Tony is super intentional about his relationships and different things. Super intentional. I was like, I just want to get to know you. I don't know. Is that weird? And so we met. 
and it was weird the first time. Then we met again. It's still a little weird. And slowly our families have met. And here we are almost three years, well, two years later. After meeting, we, we go on walks with our family. And it's different. It's different because of the empathy, because of the proximity. We become closer, right, to the point to where I can sit up at night. Or I remember one night Tony and I talked from 12 o'clock midnight to 5 o'clock in the morning, just having a conversation. A lot of deep stuff. Good things were happening. And, and it took that proximity. I mean, it, it was, took a while, but it was me listening to God saying, hey, I need you to talk to this person that may not look like you, may not act like you. Comes, y'all have totally different stories. And that is okay because the one story you have in common is me. Mm, I love that. You know, it's really cool. When I was in my early 20s, uh, I, remember, I remember reading this or finding this proverb, and it, like, changed my life in the way that I did relationship. Because... Um, I'm kind of a talker, right? And usually my talk goes one way, and I don't need to listen to anybody because why would I listen to anyone that's wrong? And uh, this, this, this um, proverb really spoke to my heart. Okay, ready? Proverbs 18, 13. He who answers before listening is a fool in his folly. He who answers before listening is a fool in his folly. And uh, Stephen Covey really took that Bible verse and he made it way cooler. And, and he, he made it say this, which I don't know if you can make a Bible verse cooler, but he, he changed it, the saying to be kind of this. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Now listen to me. If I really believe for the welfare of the city, for the welfare, of, for the betterment of our country, that, that I have the right policies and the right person and the right things, is, am I going to win my brother over by drilling him with all the truth and all the rightness and all the awesome and say like, bzz, 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 don't want to hear it? Or, or is my ability to listen, my ability to understand, to empathize, not simply criticize his view, is that going to win him over? No, no, think about that. Because no, we're all here. We're all at a place where you would say, I mean, when you have 74 million people, the most ever voting for a president, uh, for the winner and the loser, like the top two are Donald Trump and Joe Biden of all time. So people are very passionate about this. And am I going to win my brother over by saying something like this? I just can't understand how you'd vote that way. I don't even want to hear why you would. Or... It's the way that I'm going to convince him for the welfare of the city and the way that Jesus calls me to is that to love him and empathize, not criticize, because watch this. The epitome of empathy is being able to listen. Ladies, husbands, wives, men, think about any relationship you have. When it shuts down, when that person won't listen, we go nowhere. But this is the power of listening and understanding. It changes the volume. It changes the climate. It makes us able to hear one another without the anger coming over the top when you say stuff that you don't even really mean. So verse 
Sorry, this is you, right? Yeah, go ahead, Joseph. <laughs> Look at uh, verse 20. Hey, second part of that, or first part of that. Do not, for the sake of food, do not for the sake of voting, do not for the sake of whatever that amoral issue is, mm-hmm. that thing that isn't going to save you. I, for, for me, I was just thinking about this. Like, when I think about salvation, instead of asking the quest, question of who did you or this isn't or whatever, say, <laughs> what does this have to do with my salvation? Come on. And that can help, that'll be a good starting place. But do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. It is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. Look at that. Causing your brother to stumble. Listen, if, if what you believe about a non-salvation issue is going to make that person doubt their salvation, then don't bring it up. Again, this gets back to being spiritually, socially aware. Yeah. And in general, we struggle at that because we've forgotten how to talk to each other. We become hidden behind our screen, and so the only way we interact is through social media posts. And I haven't seen any of those being like, I just want to tell everyone I love you. Thank you for voting opposite me. Like, nobody does that. Right? Nobody, but what if we, we did that? What if we loved people that deeply? It would change everything. Because watch, watch what then Paul writes. The, verse 22, the faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. To which every non-evangelist in the building goes, thank you, Jesus, that's my verse. I don't have to share my faith. No, 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 no. This isn't about evangelism. This is not about evangelism. This is about your, the way you view food, the way you view um, drink, the way you view voting, the way you view non-salvation-oriented issues. Don't be a stumbling block, okay? But watch, blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves or likes or posts. It's so weird how this was written 2,000 years ago about a very divisive issue, and it's so applicable today on a similar divisive issue. And one was about being culturally distinct, set apart from, by God, which a lot of us would say we are culturally distinct, set apart for God's purpose, because my party is God's party. Hmm. Chris has been talking about the social spirit. Do y'all know what that means? It's talking about having this empathy, this spiritual empathy, knowing that there, I have to walk in my uncomfort zone right. for God, for the kingdom, because that's, that's what matters. I have to walk and be willing to go to the other side for the kingdom. Right? That's what we got to do. I have to be willing to do that. And this is what goes on. Look at verse 23. But whoever doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. What that's dealing with is this idea that two people can vote for the same person and one of them begins sin. Why? Because I'm allowing uh, cultural convictions versus spiritual convictions to dictate who I vote for. I'm allowing my family to determine. I'm allowing social media, well, I don't want to be... like, I want them to still love me, so I have to vote for this person. Mm-hmm. If I don't, they're going to, like, kick me out of the family. Mm-hmm. No, you can, that's wrong. That's a sin. That's what God is telling us. You have to make sure that you are allowing God to speak through you, and now this is who I'm voting for. And so what has God called us to do? He's called us to live by faith and not by flesh with those whom we disagree. So the way that I sort of think about it, because everything that doesn't proceed from faith is sin. Think about that. That, that can be eating, it can be drinking, it can be voting. Anything that does not proceed from faith is sin. Now, here's what could happen. Now, when I was in the Army, I was in combat. You guys, I think I've said that a bazillion times. 
And whenever anyone got shot or wounded, uh, for example, one time a guy got blown up by an IED, uh, lost a, um, a hand, and, we're, we're, and another guy lost uh, his liver and an eye, and so we're getting him back to uh, the aid station, and they needed blood. Now, you know what they didn't do? They didn't go, hey, I'm A positive Republican blood. Hmm. I'm O negative Democrat blood. I need, I need to make sure I get the right blood in me. Because here's the thing, nobody said that because nobody cared. Nobody was worried about who you voted for. They were worried about that you had the same uniform on. Because we're representing the same team on the same mission. America was on uh, patrol, and I needed to know that uh, the guys on my right and my left had my back. Now, watch this, watch this. In the same way, we're on mission here. And it took the same amount of blood to save me as it did Joseph. And so I'm not going to let a vote difference come between my brother in heaven difference. Does that make sense? There is something really unique about this relationship that nobody else in the whole world can understand other than Christians. Because we can disagree on maybe virtually every form of political form of government, but be so united in our love yeah. for Christ because we're both ambassadors, not of the United States, but we're ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven representing him here. And my sphere of influence is going to be this party, and his sphere of influence is going to be that party, and we are going to be honoring God, worshiping God, and sharing the hope that we have with those who might listen because we share a similar political belief. And now I have a mission field. Because it's, remember, the mission has a church, and the church is supposed to be everywhere. And so that would be the heartbeat of how special it is for Joseph and I to be united on the main thing, and we keep it the main thing. Yeah. And so the question we have for you is, will you love one another? Simple enough. But it's, will you love one another on the left side? Will you love one another on the right side? Will you love one another? Because I don't care if you're on the left or the right. We're all covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Right? It doesn't matter where you are. And when I really, really go deep into it, the reality of it is there is no sides. Mm-hmm. We're all a part of the same team. And this is the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And so this is what I want you to do. I'm challenging you. I want you to sit down and, like Chris said, seek first to understand. Right? You have to reach them before you can teach them. My grandfather used to always say, you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Right? He probably wasn't talking about church stuff when he said that to me. <laughs> but right, if I'm trying to convince Chris that I'm right, Yelling at him and nipping at him and telling him how much he's wrong isn't the way to do it, right? And, and so sit down. Find someone who doesn't share the same political belief as you. Sit down and have a conversation with him. Sit down and listen to him. Have that empathy, proximity, and say why. And get an understanding of why they do it. That's right. That's what we call you. That's, that's the question. And we're going to take uh, communion here. So I want everyone to get it ready. I'll allow you to do that. So can you grab over here? Uh, we're going to, if you're able to open it so we have the whole crinkling thing happening at the same time, uh, and then we're going to take communion together. So this is why this is so powerful. Then the night Jesus was betrayed, Jesus took bread, and then he, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body given for you. And what he was saying is that this is my body given for uh, the Republicans, He didn't say that. He didn't say, this is my body given for the Democrats. He said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In other words, our souls feed on Jesus like our stomach feeds on that bread. 
And that same night, Jesus took the cup, said, this is my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. That he went to the cross. And what's so weird, he didn't take over the world with a military campaign. He didn't take over the world and win the hearts of many by slaughtering the bad guys. He won the world by losing, by dying, by allowing the enemy to stick nails in his hands, put him on a cross and die an excruciating death. But he didn't stay dead. He conquered death. So what do you have to fear? Our hope is in the blood of Christ. And if you're not a Christian, that sounds like the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard. But if you are a Christian, it's the only hope you have. And so um, this morning, if you're not a Christian, I want to just offer you this opportunity and just explain it real quick. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. This world's broken. It's why elections go chaotic and riots start. It's why nations go to war. It's why people get divorced. It's why children are orphaned. It's why there's abuse. But Jesus came. And he suffered more than you could possibly imagine. Not just a physical death, but he experienced separation from God. And he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he took on hell so that we could have eternal life in heaven. And we'd never be separated from the love of God. And if that's you, you want to experience that kind of joy, you simply say, God, I'm a sinner. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the dead. You've forgiven me of my sin. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Make me the person you want me to be. If that's you, I'm so excited for you. And my hope is that you would join this family as a brother or sister in Christ. But if you've been a Christian for a while and you've just sort of thought that all Christians vote alike because we're like one big voting block. If you thought we, it was more of, you're, you could not know Jesus if you voted like for that guy because there are certain things that you are just non-negotiable for you. And I think those are great things to have non-negotiable things, but what is non-negotiable is that you would, watch this, love one another. So we're going to take a second before we take communion together. Before we take communion, we're going to pray and ask that God, if there's somebody that we've been angry at, if there's some like just ah, vitriol or just viciousness in our hearts, that we would come before the Lord and say, God, would you forgive me for that anger I have toward my brother or my sister in Christ? I'm sorry that I have wounded people because of my posts, because I just want them to pay for voting that way. Let's go to the Lord take some time, and then take communion together. Can you do this with me? Father, I thank you. I thank you for saving me. That in my pride, in my hubris, you found me. You loved me. You saved me. Even though I did not deserve it, even though my heart was broken, and I brought nothing to the table. You came, you found me. And so God, I'm praying for somebody for the first time to simply cry out, Lord Jesus, save me a sinner. And Holy Spirit, you would enter in their life. And Father, I'm praying for those of us that 
we grew up with a, a cultural baggage of there is a right way and a wrong way and it may have nothing to do with our relationship with you it was fully all about being a political tool and so God I'm praying that your grace would be sufficient as we could love one another and God I pray that in this we're going to take 30 seconds oh God and we're going to pray for forgiveness for those that we've like wounded hurt got angry at still hold that deep down bitterness that they would vote that way God help us Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take 30 seconds just to come before the Lord and confess and repent to him.